What's up, Chicago? Welcome to the Chicago Sports Podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Kevin Kadak, head of content here at CHGO. It is NBA Draft Night, and we are getting ready for the big show tonight. Matt Peck, Big Dave, and Will Gottlieb will be on live for the entire first round as we wait for the Bulls to pick 18th. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun things planned, so make sure you stop by for that. Hit that subscribe button here on CHGO Sports if you haven't already. First, though, we've got a great podcast for you today. I am joined by the CHGO Cubs crew, who are all right now in their own versions of padded rooms. Uh, (laughs) Right now with the way the Cubs are playing. We're going to be talking about that struggling baseball team. We're going to be talking about the most exciting draft picks in Chicago sports history. And then we've got a fun thing planned for the end of the show. There's an interesting plan from conservation officials to get us to start eating all those Asian carp that are infiltrating the Illinois River. I'm really looking forward to that discussion. But uh, guys, how are you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, yeah hanging in there, man. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. Uh, Cody and Ryan, you guys were out with us at the CHGO White Sox tailgate party yesterday in enemy territory. How did that <laughs> go for you guys? Uh, well, I, I, I'm glad that I got Ryan to – I'm glad that I convinced Ryan to go because he was, like, on the fence because of, you know, the commute from the suburbs and everything. So okay. he came to my place, and then we took the red line all the way down, so we got yep. the experience – basically riding the red line basically from Wrigley to the south side which was I had never done that before so that was kind of cool but uh yeah no we had a good I I had a good time there's a a lot of good food a lot of good vibes uh my arms are red it's all good (laughs) you gotta gotta see my like farmer's tan on my like right on my sleeve where where my sleeves ended it's it's bad it's bad like I, (laughs) I, I I don't burn really but I just get really like tan in certain areas so it's it's bad yeah. but like that yeah, was cool i mean we we had a lot like cody said a lot of good food a lot of good vibes we had the whole squad out there minus luke we missed you luke i know uh, what happened <laughs> luke well you know i had a couple things going number one i had the uh binky patrol i was on binky patrol in the morning and then uh, <laughs> uh like ryan i was i was sitting there thinking all right now we got a podcast at night Am I going to do the hour and a half commute in in traffic, go to the parking lot, not drink, and then do the hour, 20-minute <laughs> commute back just to, you know, pay for daycare? And I was like, uh, it looks like they got a pretty good crowd. I'm going to see if I can sit this one out. Now, if it was a Cubs, if it was a Cubs tailgate, I'd have been there. Yeah, but, you know, we definitely I mean, have like, – we're going to have a Cubs party at some point. We have to figure out a venue and kind of when to have that. But yeah. – I mean, the crowd was awesome. Uh, everyone was very nice to Ryan and Cody, even after people kind of outed them as as Cubs beat uh, people. So that, that kind of worked. But yeah, we had a great time. I had a designated driver, so that worked out for me. I had an awful, just that kind of experience. It's been a long time since I've drank in heat, yeah. even though it wasn't yeah. like Tuesday. Those beers got to me, and it wasn't it wasn't the really the amount of beer. It was the the Guys, beer. Kevin mixed. in the eighth inning, he showed up in the hundred level where we were sitting, and he was holding a, a sixteen ounce hot butcher beer. I don't know if you guys have ever drank hot butcher beers. Yeah. Those are usually double IPAs that are about seven and a half eight percent alcohol content. That was the that was, was the problem. Maybe not the wisest choice. Not the I probably should have just gone with the Modelo or Miller Lite. Uh, yeah, no. Or water was, at that point, Kevin. Maybe a water would have been the answer. <laughs> I, I, I mixed in a few waters. I was fine. We, you know, we we had a Coleman cooler out there with with a whole bunch of waters. Drank those. Thought I'd be set up. Fine. Did not stay hydrated. So it was awesome, though. I mean, we, we had 50, we were fifty or sixty deep there in Lot B, and just the awesome thing about it was was this was our first time doing it. So you just kind of, you know, extrapolate this out as CHGO continues to grow. And, you know, what are these things going to look like in six months uh, for, you know, for the, um, you know, the Bulls and Blackhawks meetups we do, for the Bears tailgates we plan plan to do. You know, Weber Grills and and Green Ridge Farm um, really hooked us up with grills and meats. It was just like such a great experience. We had one group of fans who drove up all the way from West Lafayette 
and they're big fans of the CHGO White Sox show. And they said, we, we had to be here for the first one. And they just had a blast. It was 25 bucks. You, I mean, you, you could eat all the sausages you want. We still have sausages left over. You know, you, yes, guys, sorry, didn't you, come guys, in, you guys didn't come in for the podcast today, but you're going to miss, like, <laughs> Lawrence making you sausages in the microwave oven after this is done. So, Oh, man. I am not actually making anything. I'll make it for myself, and you guys could be on your own. Oh, <laughs> yeah, rude. Lawrence told us last night that some of those sausages made, made the way to his refrigerator at home. So that was a they're, little sketchy. Yeah, but they're now here. He couldn't get they're in not, the building. No, no, look, they're now here. I brought them here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, just making sure. And then half the sausages <laughs> went to Stephen, the producer, is my understanding. Like, oh, man. People were getting fearful of Stephen yeah. out there. Oh. Nine sausages in nine innings or nine hot dogs. My goodness. And nine, nine beers. Man. Nine beers. Don't forget the nine, nine beers. beers. So Stephen Nicholas is obviously the Sox producer extraordinaire. I feel like Joey, Joey's got to answer somehow. I mean, he's, 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 your, he's your producer on, over there on the Cubs a lot, a lot of the times. What, what is he going to have to do to answer? He did – Stephen did the nine-by-nine nine challenge, nine beers, nine hot dogs, nine innings, and it didn't even really even seem to phase him. No, it like, didn't. No. I don't know. He did say at the end, I said, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm drunk. So, I mean, that- <laughs> look, at, look at the pythons on those guys. Like the sausages yeah. went right to his arms. He was, uh-huh. he was lifting in between uh, hot dogs and between beers. I think he's processing calories at a little bit better rate than I am these days. Yeah. So. I do have a bone Alfonso to pick. Soriano diet. <laughs> I have a bone to pick at this beer. I know, like, Wrigley, Wrigley, Wrigley always gets made fun of for having like $12 beers or whatever. The beers yeah. on the south side were like twelve twenty-five. Me and Cody were talking about this. Like, why were they so expensive? They were more expensive than I was expecting. And I know the team's good now, but like, I was like, how come no one talks about this? Yeah, <laughs> at least they're big. I mean, they're the tall boys. I don't know. It's at least it's a good selection too. Yeah. No, I, like, no, I, yeah. Again, I have nothing against it. Like, I yeah. I give Tom Ricketts way too much of my money, but I it's just like no <laughs> one talks about it over there. It's just like, yeah. hey, like we're doing it on both sides of the city. But I mean, everyone likes to talk talk trash about Jerry Reinsdorf too. So I mean, you know, whatever. Just remember those days when twenty dollars would would be enough for you and a buddy to get a beer. Right now, it's, now you're pulling out twenty and a ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then you put your card in, and it, it like it. You know, I like to give the person a dollar or two, the the tip, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like now it comes up, and it's just like you know, like it suggests a ten percent tip. Yeah, well, I'm not giving you four dollars. So you got to <laughs> yeah. override it. And I still think they're appreciative no matter what you leave because I think a lot of people. I went with fifteen percent myself. When you I went fifteen percent. Yes, fifteen percent on every beer. Well, I was buying like three at a time or whatever. I just or you know, well, You're I guess a generous man. Yeah, I can't. Why not, man? Spread the CHO love. Except what when mean, it comes to, to, to microwaving me. A, I'm uh, not microwaving your. Yeah, you this. can microwave your own damn sauce. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Are you talking about tipping the guy who's bringing the beers in the no, aisles? No. Or are you talking about going down to the concourse? Correct. Going to the, the concourse. Going to the concourse. Paying with a credit card. I'm just hitting 15 because yeah. it's a credit card. I don't I mean, feel that bad. That that man or woman is not brewing the beer for you. You know, they're Correct. just pouring know, it into a cup. And honestly, I'll say this. She just opened a can for me. She didn't even pour it into a cup. She asked, and I said, nah, that's fine. I still gave her 15. Wow. Whatever. For you. Lawrence is a man of the people. I also <laughs> bought uh, our social uh, maven, Casey. I bought her a churro, and then we started walking, uh, and then she wanted another churro. Did you tip the churro person? I did chip, tip the churro. Both, <laughs> both churro people. But all yeah. they did was put a piece of wax paper around the churro? Yeah, you know, they got to rub it in that uh, delicious cinnamony dust. Ooh. They give you extra oh. dust for the tip? I don't know. I think I tipped after. (laughs) So the the amazing thing to me was like how well executed it was. Like usually like these things can kind of go by the wayside. I I left my kids at home just thinking, okay, well, something goes wrong and and Jake and I have to deal with something. I I don't want kids there, but um, it it was amazing. It it went really great. And I think the only thing we kind of learned was I think we have to be a little bit more judicious in the section we select because we were in the sun up in 548 down the left field line and it was a nice price point for people but we roasted and people kind of had to get up in the up in the eaves of uh or you just do what i did and uh you know you you go to the go to the shower with greg you did go to the yeah if if you're watching on youtube right now you can see lawrence showering with greg and yeah that's not a hawaiian it was the best part of my day i gotta be honest shout out that hawaiian yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. I, I was I was channeling you yesterday, and I yeah. was a little depressed that you didn't also join me in uh, wearing that 
Whatever you do, do not show the uh, Kyle Farnsworth imitation picks that you and Greg did immediately after that. <laughs> no, we'll keep those to ourselves. Yeah. You guys See, talked about it was, it was hot there yesterday, though, like it, where we were sitting. Like, uh, the, I think I might have been able to make it the entire game if we were in the shade because the weather actually turned out to be great. Like, I was, you know, preparing for, like, humidity, like, the day before uh, mm. on top of the heat. But I thought that the weather really turned out to be really good. Uh, you know, is that your first though, time there, Cody? No, I've I've been there. Uh, it was the first time in a few years. I, I went back in 2019. Okay, but uh, yeah, the uh, just like the, the sun right on top of us there. But yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't humid. It was just it was just hot. That's all. <laughs> right. It looked like I'm giving Hogue bunny ears in that picture. It was just like I was doing this, then Hogue popped his head in. It was just perfect placement for me to kind of get him. So it was just. <laughs> Good, good, good snap of a picture right there. Great execution there, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was, I was, I was ahead of the curve. I know. Always the prankster with those bunny ears, Ryan. The (laughs) other thing that we need to really work on is the performance of Chicago teams when we have these meetups. We had the Chicago (laughs) Bulls part watch party for Game Three, and that was like a thirty-point deficit ten minutes into the game. Game yesterday, you know. Sox sort of made it close. The tiring run came to the plate in the eighth inning, but it was still not a great game really to watch. I think when we uh, left, when me and Ryan left, it was like, what, like seven like or eight, eight to one, eight to yeah, one or like, something like that. Yeah. Like it, I, when I got home and, and realized the score, I was like, oh, they kind of made it a game there at the end. Yeah. They had the bases loaded. So um, mm-hmm. it didn't happen though. So anyhow, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Cubs. You guys are all in here, the entire CHGO Cubs crew and, uh, Do we have to? You probably already follow these guys, but if you don't, make sure you're following CHGO Cubs on Twitter and also subscribe to their podcast. Um, how are you guys feeling these days? Well, better since last night, right? At least, at least we had a, you know, we were just going to do an audio podcast last night, and then Lawrence was like, "Well, you got to take advantage of a win, something positive to talk about for the, you know, when you lose thirteen of fifteen and you get a win, you you got to take advantage of it." And uh, it, this team is, they're bad. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. They're bad. So, like, if you're planning, Kevin, you're planning our, our big party around or venue for Wrigley Field Cubs, like, we're going to have to go through the, the schedule and really find where we think another team is really gassed coming in. You know, like, a team I'm not even sure like that would a help. stretch of, like, 19 out of 20 days they've played a game, and that's the only shot. It's misery it's misery right now kevin yeah if, if you wanted to like uh you know just whip one up really quickly i mean the red sox come to wrigley beginning of july <laughs> like that would at least people would be like oh you know right intrigued a little bit i personally i wish the cubs and red sox played every single year i feel like that would be just great for baseball but you know mm-hmm. i don't get to make those decisions but no i yeah i think you gotta you gotta you gotta put it around uh, when maybe they play the Cardinals just because like people always get up for that or uh, you know just uh, not the Reds or the Pirates. I feel like people are just so over watching both two bad teams. Just like gotta gotta you gotta put something else interesting in there. <laughs> yeah, this whole like yeah. it's been interesting watching you guys as a podcast from from the beginning because obviously you guys came in here. And we didn't know if there was going to be a baseball season. Obviously, we launched in the middle of the lockout. Um, then, then they signed Suzuki. Things kind of got interesting. You know, the lockout ended. Um, you start talking yourself in and buying like, okay, well, maybe they'll be competitive. Maybe somehow they get to eighty-five or eighty-six wins and sneak in. That was Cody. Cody was the 85 or 86 ones. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us all. I mean, but you never know. You never know what can happen, right? Um, exactly. And, and then obviously, you know, you've had these long losing streaks kind of mixed in with, with some good play. And um, but now you guys are kind of mired in that, that long stretch again. And Cody, you had a great viral clip, just kind of you going nuts saying the Cubs fans don't deserve this. <laughs> Driving down here today, I just, you know, it's, it's just such, such a hard thing because the Cubs were competitive and at near the top of the league for, you know, better part of half a decade, if not more. And um, and now they just kind of just ripped the Band-Aid off. Now, you know, whether or not Jed Hoyer was being honest with, uh, in saying, okay, we thought we could compete or if this was the plan, you know, it, like, 
I guess you would still rather prefer what the Cubs are doing right now than what the Blackhawks just did, where they just wandered around for five years, really not com- you know committing to anything. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know if that makes it any easier for for Cubs fans. No, it no. does. It doesn't. I I think when you look at it, and it's like. Yeah, they, they promised, you know, Tom Ricketts had the, the letter to fans saying they had the resources and they were going to use them. They were going to be competitive in 2022. And then you get to 2022 and they're not. They're, what, like 16 games under 500 right now. Um, it's just not a competitive team. And, you know, you could use the excuse that injuries are taking a toll, which they have. You know, you had um, right now 60% of the starting rotation is on the I.L., Stroman and Stroman and Miley have both had extended stints on the IL. The bullpen's, you know, getting overworked because starters can't, you know, stay healthy and can't go longer in the games. Um, you know, you've had Suzuki on the IL going on a month now since this was May 26th, I think is the last time he played. Uh, so injuries have been taking their toll. But then even last week, you know, Jed said that you can't, he wasn't going to use injuries as an excuse. It's like, okay, so then what's, if you're not going to use injuries as an excuse, why, why aren't you competitive? Like then yeah. what, what is the reasoning for why this team is losing 10 games in a row and is, you know, in the bottom of the, in the bottom of baseball, really? Like, I think they're what, maybe a game up on the Reds right now in the division when the Reds literally tanked their entire roster besides Joey Votto this year. Um, it, it's, if you're not going to use injuries as an excuse and that's, I mean, he, again, you can, you can give them that credit that injuries have taken a toll, but then it's like, when you didn't you didn't do enough to build depth to withstand injuries, then how how could you truly say that this was supposed to be a competitive year? Like it, yeah. this team is not good. We know that we've seen it. That ten game losing streak has, you know, is an example of why this team isn't isn't competitive this year. Um, and so I think that's why you see a lot of anger in the fan base. And then maybe they got to do something different this offseason. If if I don't think I don't think this team should have to go through two extended like just very bad losing seasons like they did a decade ago yeah yeah i think think that's a lot of people just thinking okay we want we thought we were getting into a you know being like the cardinals where you you're never rebuilding you're reloading and everyone thought that foundation was being built with theo and jed from 2011 on and then then that didn't happen Ryan, the one thing I'm kind of interested in, I think with like the Blackhawks, they had like kind of an interesting situation and they still do right now where you have two guys in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves who were around for the great success and are now just mired in this losing and losing and losing. Um, Obviously the Cubs got rid of a lot of those players, but Wilson Contreras is still here. Kyle Hendricks is still here. How have they kind of handled the step down and, and, um, being competitive well i know early on in the season we kind of talked about like kyle's struggles and uh i can't i i don't i want to say like one of the things like obviously kyle hendrick since he came up had always been pitching for a re- realistically a competitive team maybe not world series contender every year but a team that can compete for a playoff spot and then last year after the sell-off you see the dip in his numbers um maybe it was, it was hard to find find the, the specific motivation for like, Hey, we're not competing for a playoff spot anymore. Like there's issues there. Um, so, I mean, Contreras has having his best season of his career right now. Um, but he knows like the, the trade deadline talk and he hears it and the extension and his future, all this stuff. Um, I think they've both taken it very, like they've, they've taken on more, you know, veteran roles. Um, you know, Contreras, you see it with Christopher Morrell um, and a lot of these young guys coming up that, Contreras is really maybe not taking him on, under his wing per se, but he's really excited about some of these young guys and showing what it means to, you know, he's teaching, you know, teaching them the ropes of what it means to be a successful big leaguer. And that's why you see why Chris, Christopher Morrell talks so highly of Contreras because he has kind of filled in that, that leader void um, that was left when like Rizzo and, and those guys got traded last year. I um, mean, Hendricks on the other side, he did, he did the same thing with the pitchers. You know, he talked about it, uh, last week is it last week sunday something like that he talked about it a few days ago um, talking about you know being that veteran guy that the young pitchers coming up a keegan thompson for example can can look to as someone who's had success in the past can you know provide championship experience can give good advice on how he got to a point that he was you know a finalist in a cy young race mm-hmm. um and led, led the the national league in era so 
Um, I think it, it has been a weird transition for both of them, and it hasn't even been a full year since that competitive window really was shut. Um, but they, I think they both kind of turned on the, you know, we're veterans. We know what it takes to get there. Let's help these young guys who don't know, who don't have that experience. Let's, you know, help them along so they can, you know, hopefully one day get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was going to throw it to you, Cody. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, you know, regarding all of it, you know, uh, I think a lot, like when you talk, when you mentioned how Jed and Theo were unable to, you know, make the Cubs the Cardinals in a way of just sustained successes. I mean, I don't justify the Jose Quintana trade. I, I, I admittedly have said that that did not work out in the Cubs' favor at all in the, in the long-term standpoint, at least. And, you know, when you move two of your top prospects and then you don't have any others coming up, then it's like that's how these things kind of happen. We've talked about before on the CHGO Cubs podcast about how uh, we did, they didn't move pieces of the core early enough to maybe retool the ro- roster with younger guys. Um, you know, that, and that's kind of like I f- that's how I feel like this whole thing kind of happened. Um, I, I think that the Cubs, it's hard for me to to like say, like to believe in it in a way, but part of me still feels like the future is 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 going to get better sooner rather than later. It's just been really tough, but I still think there's a lot of season left and you can see some of these young guys come up after the deadline and you get a little bit of an answer on, you know, who can you go into next season with, with some optimism. Then of course, you know, the Cubs are going to have to, you know, actually spend some actual money that matters. I know they were like the t- one of the top five teams in, in the offseason of spending, but they're all one-year contracts on a bunch of, you know, guys who they're probably going to flip or eventually DFA because they haven't worked out. Jonathan VR is like a great example in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think again, like it's, it's just a, a combination of just unable to develop talent uh, on the farm after winning the World Series in 16. And, you know, I I always gave credit to Theo for wanting to even move, like make that move for Quintana. You can, we can sit here and argue it could have been, or that it should have been Justin Verlander. Either way, like the fact that he, you know, tried, like if you want to look at it from a White Sox perspective, like what they did with in the Kimbrel trade, like it didn't work out for them, but they tried to put like to make that final move to win the world series or get to a world series last year. And it just didn't work out, but you know, like that's like, that's kind of the thing though, is when you don't have any more, <laughs> like, I guess elite talent coming up or high, highly touted uh, talent coming up, it's like, okay, well, how are you going to get guys? And that's why them not retooling the roster, you know, maybe after 2018 or 2019 is what's really hurting the Cubs more now than, than anything. But the farm is very, you know, it's, it's, I think it'll be a top 10 system by the end of the season. Uh, You know, we'll see, but they just never really needed to get to this point. They just, they were definitely too attached to, you know, the guys who won the World Series. And in a way, I don't blame them, uh, but it just it definitely could have gone differently. Yeah. And, and Kevin, like, it's just a shocking – everybody knows it's just a shocking turnaround. Like, to go from as bad as they were to World Series champs, it happened so quickly in, in the grand scheme of things. Like, their, their tank all the way to the World Series, everything worked. Almost every move they made – was right other than maybe you know dj lemayhu and a couple other like little side pieces yeah most of the moves they made worked it was it was the perfect storm the cubs get there they end the 108 year drought and how quickly it fell apart is it's shocking and it's left i i can i think i can speak for cody and ryan when i say for us this season has been you know you're asking about how are hendricks and Contreras doing how are we doing? How are we doing? I'll tell you how we're doing, Kevin. I've gained 10 pounds because oh, I need to re-eat. Cody and I go on ice cream socials like three nights a week to go get ice cream because it's a 14-run lead, and I yeah. can't take the misery anymore. I've got to cheer him up somehow, and we got to double scoop it. 
It's been a disaster. Oh, yeah. I'm gaining weight at, a, at an outrageous rate. And I now have three goals every night going into these games. And, I, and I've told, you know, when we sit and we talk with the fans and we're all hanging out afterwards on the chat, I said, listen, guys, I'll be honest with you. I have three goals. The first goal of the night is get this game over in less than three hours. We're watching the whole game so you don't have to. Yeah. And then we'll all talk about it afterwards. You only have to watch like two or three innings if you want to. We're going to watch the whole thing for you. That's our <laughs> sacrifice we're making. The so the, the, here's a new rule, Luke, and I am instituting this as the head of content CHGO. Okay. The next time that ice cream urge strikes, the next time you want to eat your feelings, I want you and Cody to go down to Madison and run as fast as you can to, to, to cone ice cream. Um, and once you get there... Just keep running, run all the way down to the highway, turn around and come back. <laughs> you'll work out, you'll sweat out your bad feelings. Yeah. And you won't be eating the ice cream cone. Those 10 pounds that you put on will burn off right away. Yeah, but you'll and... have to peel me off the sidewalk with a paramedic. <laughs> I was going to say, without, without, it'll probably be like a nice little, like a, like a maybe a, you could call it a jog maybe. By the time we get back, the game will probably be almost over. Stucky. <laughs> you like see it. little little Yumper on our chat says it's like a car wreck. It's brutal, but you can't turn away. <laughs> yep, exactly. It really is. All right. So the uh, best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO. When you sign up, if you do that right now, you will get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. We've got new shirts this week. Awesome uh, awesome Cubs one, awesome Sox one, and a CHGO Skyline one. The Skyline um, one is awesome. Anyway, that's $2,000 cool. in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a 50 50- dollar first time deposit of points bet if you have any questions you can email points bet at all chgo and we will help you out points bet is your home for live and play betting and it just got even better you see an edge in the game you are watching like let's say the cubs take an early lead and you know they're probably going to blow it you know that's probably <laughs> an edge for the uh for the other team is your favorite team prime for a comeback or a collapse don't just want you know go and make a live bet there's a lot of money to be made out there so uh if don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. PointsBet has more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. You can follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use the co- promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. You or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Quick look, there's the uh, there's the Skyline T-shirt that oh, just yeah. dropped this week. Sick drip right there. Sick drip, as the kids say. You may want, you might, may want to or, order a size up, Luke. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was doing a Schmedium before. Now I'm more like a Marge, you know? <laughs> I'm one of the Where do two. you come up with this stuff? But, but you know what? I, look, look, I've been doing the three C's with my ice cream. I'm doing my cholesterol, my calories, and and my calcium intake. And you're wondering how is the man still surviving these late night games without any exercise? And the answer is, I started taking this AG1. That's where I get all my healthy ingredients from during the day. I didn't have the time. I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. But on it, since we started, I love it. It doesn't taste, you know, super healthy. It's got a nice mild tropical taste. And here's what it is. One scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things you need to have working to finish out this cub season and i get a noticeable noticeable boost in the morning i take it first thing giddy up i'm off to go and then i i it's lifestyle friendly too you don't have to worry about it it's keto paleo vegan gluten-free dairy-free you're all good with ag1 and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance less than three bucks a day are you kidding me Seven thousand five-star reviews professional athletes take it right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop and a cup of water every day 
that's it. No need for all those different supplements and pills. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and its five free travel packs for the summer. That's all with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, that's athleticgreens.com CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health, pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I haven't tried it in uh, Froyo or frozen custard or ice cream yet, but Cody tells me in a smoothie, it's pretty good that way too. It, uh, yeah, it bangs in a smoothie, I promise you. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's got Cody. It slaps, yeah. So you, you you get your athletic greens, and then later in the day, I know Luke, he loves to get his Owen as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's then in the evening when the Cubs are breaking our hearts, then we get the ice cream. That's just how it's been <laughs> happening. But some, uh, but we like to tell ourselves balance is key. Guys. That's right. Everything's a balance. <laughs> Charlie's giving us a little update. And the Cubs just gave up a yeah. homer right now and are losing one to nothing to the Pirates. So yeah, oh, boy. Ryan Reynolds. Nothing like being uh, nothing like being down to Jose Quintana. Uh, are you wearing the- Pirates colors, Ryan? I guess oh, so, but it's a Mizzou jersey. Oh. I didn't realize it. Come on. Got to rub my team, even though even though no basketball players from my team are going to get drafted today. Got to rub them anyway. Yeah, make sure you, you check out our NBA uh, draft day live show tonight with the CHO Bulls crew. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's a long day here for for me and for a lot of our staff, but it's really going to be cool. We had a great experience with the NFL draft, and if you missed that. Just really check in because it really just shows you what we're capable here at CHGO. And we're going to be doing the same thing for the NHL draft in a couple of weeks. Probably not go as crazy for the MLB draft because it just doesn't really seem to be as big of a deal. Um, but, uh, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys you don't know or whatever. But um, I want to talk about the most exciting draft picks in Chicago sports history. You know, so much about sports is about hope for the future and just get really getting excited um, and I, I think that there's kind of a couple guys that really stand out as guys once they were drafted. They really got people really, you know, to kind of go crazy. And I think the most recent example is Justin Fields last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bears trade up to, to pick him. Once you realize that they weren't trading up to pick Mac Jones, and they got Justin Fields. It was, you know, really, you know, you couldn't believe that they they were able to kind of leapfrog the Vikings and get there and, and maybe teams like the Panthers made a mistake in not not picking him. Um, we'll still see how it plays out, but obviously there's still a lot of excitement with Justin Fields, QB1. But um, what uh, what really pick? I, I think there's one other one that really kind of like in recent history that that stands yeah. out. But what, what pick uh, got you the most excited? And I'll let you start off, Cody. Uh, well, I mean, I won't lie, like as a Bears fan, and uh, you know, I you know I don't get up for the NFL draft like a lot of people do. Like I'll check out the first round most years, and then you know follow online or on Twitter or whatever to see who they take the rest of the draft. But like I'm not one of those people who like sits the entire weekend on the couch and has the draft on. Like I and and I think a lot of it's just because I just don't know who like a lot of these players are. Uh, and that's different in the NBA draft. Like it's two rounds. And if you watch enough college basketball, you probably know most of the players, uh, which is something that I do. So, um, but for me, you know, as a Bears fan, yeah, Fields is probably the most excited I've ever been <laughs> for like a draft pick. Uh, because like, I think Big Dave said it on, it was either whenever the Bears and the Bulls did their crossover show. Yeah. Or he might've said it on here, but like he said, he was like about to just remove his Bears fandom and then Justin Fields reeled him back in. And that's like basically similar to what happened to me. Yeah. Um, Cause I was, I mean, it, after 2018 it was really bad um in terms of just everything i mean we 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 all know but uh Mm -hmm. justin fields brought back some like hope they're like maybe this is finally the one he he looks he looks built like someone who can lead your team for the next 15 years at quarterback uh i guess of course that i know that's the recent one we were just talking about but like and just off the top of my head he's like the one that i can really you know, really believe that. I mean, uh, if you want me to go in the past a little bit, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's tough there. I mean, probably Derek Rose is probably the next one. 
Just taking, just taking <laughs> all, all the draft picks, man. Yeah. Just taking all. Run down the list. Run down well, the we list. we already mentioned Fields, so I was Come just ahead. saying, like, that was probably mine, but, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I feel like those are, like, the two. Like, I mean. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, like you, I won't take any more, but there's, there's Cubs guys that, right. you know, that I got excited about, but, like. I had never watched them play college ball or high school ball. I, I was just like, oh, these experts say they're great at that level. Okay, cool. Like, that'll get me excited. <laughs> but, like, it was nothing like what Fields or even Derek Rose brought me. So, you know. Well, I, I want to pause here and I want to ask Luke, can you just tell us your Corey Patterson story and how exciting, you know? I, I assume <laughs> you're going to say Corey, Corey Patterson okay. was. <laughs> yeah. Not not super Felix PA super exciting back in the day. Actually, I was pretty excited about Sean Dunstan back in the day when he got drafted. Yeah. Um, but you know, like let's be honest, there there's there's fans out there, and if if they say that they didn't, they're lying. Mitch Trubisky drew some excitement just because there was the unknown. You know, like they drafted a new quarterback, yeah. it was a new guy. Same thing with Rex Grossman. Every time the Bears go through the quarterback thing, people buy in for a little bit. Even Cade McNown, some people were like, oh, we okay, I, maybe he's the guy, you know. I like, think you're revisionist history here, Luke. I I remember exactly where I was when they drafted Trubisky. I was on a exactly. um, a trip to New York with my wife, and I got, I'd just gotten into a cab, and my phone buzzed, and I saw, you know, it, like the, the notification, Bears trade up, Hall of Picks, you know, yeah. to get, a, you know, move up one to get Mitchell Trubisky. And I just thought, oh, God, this is got disaster written all over yeah, it. No one was excited. Maybe people no. were different. Like, I don't Here's, want to speak for everyone. But the deal is everybody thought that, but then they pause for a second and then they try to dream yeah. because they've been sucked in by this franchise yeah, yeah. so many times. Like they all say, yeah, we all yeah. look at it and go, well, that looks absolutely ludicrous. I This guy has hardly played. I never even heard of him. And then the one part of your brain that doesn't really function correctly starts to pull at you and it says, but what if he is sure, the guy? Sure, sure. But when, okay, here's here's the thing. When Fields got drafted, every Bears fan ran out and bought a number one jersey. He was like number one in the entire league. Yeah. I don't think people were running out and getting the number 10 Trubisky jerseys. No. It's like, okay, let, let's wait and see. Cade McNown, I can't remember. Lawrence, can you pop in here? I think you're, I you probably remember. I don't remember hearing college. about Cade McNown. Like, who gives a... I mean, come on, Cade McNown? Yeah. Did I care about I'll tell Cade you, McNown? I'll tell you two old bears that were drafted that I was excited about because I had covered them in college. One was Mike Brown. The second they drafted Mike Brown out of Nebraska, yeah. I was like, that guy's going to be legit because I had covered him since he was came in as a freshman at Nebraska, and he was the smartest – he was the smartest athlete I had ever spoken to. Like he knew every single detail of what was happening on a football field, even as a freshman, as I was like, this guy's going to be good. He was one of the best players at Nebraska. And the other one didn't work out. The other guy was Cedric Benson at Texas. And I thought he was going to be a really good NFL running back. And that just didn't work out. I, I think yeah. bear fans are always pulling for that running back draft pick to be the next Walter Payton too, or like the next all-time great running back. And that has, you know, Neil and they've had a couple that have been good. Forte was surprising, really. Right, right. Ryan, who's, who stands out for you? It's Derek Rose, man. It's number one. As soon as you sent that message, I was like, number one. 1.7% <laughs> chance to get the first pick. Dwayne Wade was already celebrating, thinking they had it locked down. They get that. I'm pumped. A month later, you know, Derek Rose career at Simeon. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember how many state titles he won, but a, I think a couple. Um, mm -hmm. Mr. Yeah, uh, Mr. Basketball, Illinois, uh, you know, nearly led Memphis to the national, uh, to, to winning the national championship, if not for. Who did he, he lose to in that championship game, Ryan? Kansas. Kansas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have to bring that up because stupid Mario <laughs> Chalmers, but um, no, but he almost won that championship. And then, you know, Chicago boy, had, I mean, what it Bulls fans? I mean, I I don't remember the end of the Michael Jordan era, but was there in that decade? Was there much hope yeah. at all? I mean, Ben Gordon was cool. I liked Lou all day. The baby Bulls were fun remember. that one year. Yeah, yeah. yeah what like oh yeah. oh four oh five something like that. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Derrick Rose, like getting that first overall pick, I think everyone. Ever, I mean, I I I love Derrick Rose prior to the Bulls even getting that first pick, and then obviously when uh, 
when they picked him. And that's a, that's, that was like mm-hmm. a, a match made in heaven, right? Of Chicago boy, just the by far the best basketball player that they could have picked right there in that position. And then, you know, obviously yeah. the next two seasons to make the playoffs. And he's, I think he broke Kareem Kareem's like, uh, points record for like in the first game as a rookie, whatever it was in the playoffs, he had 36 in that first playoff game against the Celtics. Um, the next year they go, and then 2010, 2011, the MVP season was just yeah. so I many mean, things I, just kind of came in, like you mentioned. The number one pick, the Bulls didn't have a lot of you know, a lot of odds to get that, you know, get that pick. Yeah, right. um, Luke, I was actually gonna ask you this before you're the only one old enough to remember Michael Jordan getting drafted. What yeah. was what was it like then? Obviously, the draft and sports drafts in general weren't as big of productions as they are now, but you remember that at all? I do. I, you know, I just, I believe I was in middle school. Um, and, you know, I just remember we knew who he was. I loved college basketball at that time. And so you knew Jordan from his championship at North Carolina. You knew he was exciting. And I would say as a child, even not knowing he was going to turn into Michael Jordan, it was still the most exciting draft pick of my childhood. Like it was the bulls had a top three pick and they were going to do something with it. And, you know, the bulls weren't even as big in in my mind, the bulls weren't as big as DePaul basketball at the time. I loved DePaul basketball. And so I do remember the hype around Jordan, but you know, like social media and those things didn't exist. The internet didn't exist, so there wasn't, other than the kids at school, there was no, you know, and you watched the, you know, the three minutes on sports, on the news, there was, there was no way to know how excited other people really were. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'm I'm sure you were excited for Gabe Karimi at one point, Kevin. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was a good pick, but I mean, you know. (laughs) I, I can't I will, say that I was like I, I didn't go out and buy a Gabe Karimi jersey. No, but, yeah. Um, I will. I will say that, like, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier about like there's Cubs, but like there's Cubs players, but like the MLB draft is just not. I guess it's a problem with MLB. Like it, it's starting to become a bigger, bigger thing. But uh, you know, when I was in college and stuff, it really wasn't. But when the Cubs did draft Chris Bryant, and I learned about yeah. him, I, I thought there was some buzz on social media about him. Yeah, you know, being the you know college player of the year, all that stuff. Like, you know, just just to pick someone different outside of Fields and, and Derrick Rose, like. There was a lot of excitement. And then, like, when he made his MLB debut, he already had a billboard outside Wrigley. So it was just like right. there, was, there was a lot of hype from the moment he was drafted uh, to his MLB debut. So I, I feel like with baseball, it's never, you're never going to really be that excited about the high school players. I mean, at Howard, people are excited about him because of the local ties and sure, Jackie yeah. Robinson West. Yeah. Um, but you need, like, so uh, Brian was an established college star. The one guy who kind of stands out to me baseball-wise, um, I just remember when the, the Cubs drafted Mark Cryer. And everyone yeah, thought, okay, yeah. the, he, he's going to the Twins. The Twins did not want to pay him. They ended up go, you know, drafting Joe Maurer, who worked out pretty well for them. Um, but then Pryor drops to the Cubs at number two in 2001. And at that point, the Cubs already had a previous first-round pick, Kerry Wood, throwing lights out for them. And you look at Pryor, and obviously we know what became of him, but at that point, it's like this guy, it looks like he was made in a lab just to rule the pitching mound for the next 20 years at Wrigley Field and just kind of following his his path up. And he debuts in 2002 and is, is great. And then his 2003 is incredible with, with Kerry Wood. So that, that really stands out to me. The other one I was really excited about, and I, I will say I remember being in the minority for this, was 2007 and the Bulls drafting Joakim Noah. Oh yeah, and I loved oh, that pick and I wrote about I it. I was the, the goofy hair. There it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. at that at that point, I was I, I was pretty super into college basketball. I I, I liked his skill set. I could see what he could be in the NBA. No one else really didn't agree with me, so I didn't feel that great about it. But at that point, I was the columnist at the Northwest Herald, and if you go through the papers that day, that day. Rick Morrissey actually wrote a column saying like he would eat well, he ended up eating. Like I will eat something. If Joakim Noah ends up being a star, he was so, <laughs> he was so convinced that Joakim wouldn't. 
And he ended up like coming through on the, I don't know, like he ate a loaf of bread or like it was something crazy. You remember this, Lawrence? No. <laughs> I do not remember that, no. So, but I, I wrote that day. I, th I thought it was a great pick. And it was at that point where, where John Paxton was not, you know, the, the guy that it, it, like everyone hated. People liked him at that point because he had had a, 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 a you know, he drafted Kirk Heinrich and all these guys from established pro programs, Chris Duhon and, and Ben Gordon. And I thought well, it just fit great. I loved it. I was excited when Joe Keen came in. I, I actually was working at Channel 5 uh, when that draft happened. And yeah. we had a call. We had like a satellite call with him that night. And I got to do the interview. Just It was just like over the phone or whatever. Nice. And I just remember I just asking him about his feelings. And he was like, he's like, it's sweet like candy. I was like, this guy is <laughs> like, I love It was just a weird the way he said it. But like, it's the, now you, it's that iconic Joakim Noah you know that's his that's his style you know and yeah yeah, like, yeah and he had that seersucker suit on and seersucker, like, wow. yeah yeah the yeah. weird i, I don't know if like cody and, and ryan you're probably too young to remember this but the weird one that kind of stands out for me in the bulls luke and people were excited about jay williams and of course that had tragic mm -hmm. consequences yeah. but um elton brand goes number one in 1999 mm -hmm. and i don't remember being that excited because i felt like people like okay he's not tim duncan he's not yeah um shaquille o'neal he, he's not you know it kind of just sucks when you do have the number one pick and then it's not a generational talent and that, mm -hmm. that kind of seems like when the bulls had that pick it was that's what it was yeah i yeah. think also like when they when they took him it was also he, he's not jordan he's not he's not the athlete you know at that point right. you're so immersed into michael jordan's athletic ability and dominance that a big man is just kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah. like he's going to be slow. He's going to move. He's going to, you know, occasionally lay it in. It wasn't as exciting. Like Noah, I thought was, I know there were mixed reactions. I, I actually was at the draft for Madison in Madison square garden. And, and I knew I was going to like him when he came out and was like, Hey buddy. <laughs> like, and I was like, Oh boy. And he's in huh. a sucker suit. And at that time, everybody was calling him Joe Kim in college yeah. mm -hmm. and, and they introduced him as Joe Keem. And so my first question was like, how do you say your name? Because the, they've been saying Joe, Joe Keem. I thought it was Joe Kim. And yet today, all these years later, half of Chicago still calls him Joe Kim on the radio. Right? <laughs> crazy. But the, the NBA draft I was most excited about maybe at least equal to Jordan because you already had Jordan was the draft where they made the trade and they got Pippen and Grant and you had two top 10 picks and you were like, they finally, like, if these guys are as good as Jordan, they're going to be real. Like, cause at that point you already knew Michael was really good. Yeah. And so, like I can remember playing kickball on a tennis court when I heard that's who they had drafted. Like that's one of those moments as a kid where I was like, I know where I was at my, my grade school tennis court playing kickball. That, that's where I was when they brought in Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. And Nothing better than pretty good. young young Stucky playing kickball on a tennis court. That's <laughs> yeah, I was probably too Riding a big wheel. Yeah, I will I, say, I, I will say, you know, I was a, what, in 2007, I was a, a sophomore, junior in high school. Uh, when Joakim Noah got drafted by the Bulls, I was actually pretty mad about it because I could yeah. not stand him at Florida. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One of my best friends like love Florida, and I didn't even understand yeah. why. Cause, like I like those teams for Illinois, but yeah, like now, like I look back, I'm like, yeah, those those are respectable teams. I mean, Al Horford, Noah, and Corey Brewer, they were you know very yeah. solid uh, NBA players. Uh, but in high school, when I was like a lot younger and my brain not so much developed yet, uh, I I could not. I was I was so mad. Like that might be that might be one of the. <laughs> If I had to rank like the most I've ever been mad at a team for drafting someone, that I would probably put that really high up there because I did. I, I was not happy about it. And it, what what's crazy was too is that like the first year or two of of Noah's career wasn't exactly uh, right. sunflowers, yeah. right? Like he had some issues, uh, you know, just a lot of issues off the court and uh, even on the court too wasn't performing. And then you know when D Rose came in, he really started to you know really blossom then but uh yeah his yeah, own teammates like, suspended him right yeah the, the yeah something the like team that suspended him yeah. for a game for something choking like ron adams i think <laughs> yeah so 
All right, so what, uh, we're gonna keep, move on to our Asian carp story, but one other person, uh, uh, Patrick Kane being drafted number one. Yeah. That was that was a huge one too. Obviously he was undersized, you thought, okay, maybe this guy could turn into something and man, did he ever pay off. So um, I, I don't remember being really excited when that happened, but I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. So anyway, um, I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen friendly, no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. I've been drinking them uh, since they came into the office here and, and they're pretty tasty. I like the strawberry banana one. Um, and I first heard about Owen a while back from Nick Moriano, who's on staff and Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code CHGO20. That's L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. Use the code CHGO20 to get 20% off that first purchase. So join me and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. Now that leads me into something that you probably didn't know you need, but Illinois... <laughs> conservation officials want to convince you by changing the name of the hated Asian carp. That's the uh, invasive fish that has been, uh, and I'm, I'm actually, wow. this was in the Axios Chicago newsletter this morning, which is a great newsletter you should sign up for. It's done by Justin Kaufman and Monica Ng, who are in, look at this, who are in, in our South Bowl It looks like it's upside down. It, yeah, so this is the Asian carp. You guys have probably heard about it. It uh, now comprises about 70% of the biomass in the Illinois River. So if you went scuba diving in the Illinois River, and God help you if you did, 70% of the things you would see would be that ugly ass fish that we just showed here on screen. Uh, yeah, what's the other percentage? That's what I don't want to know. <laughs> Whatever that thing is eating. <laughs> yeah. I, I, lived in, I lived in Peoria for two years, which the Illinois River goes right through. And I, yeah. I never went in that, near that water once because you just look at it and did not look, <laughs> did not look inviting. I, I'm just a beautiful saying. glow at night though, Cody. <laughs> anyway. The <laughs> conservation official want to reduce that to less than 20% um, while preventing the fish from entering Lake Michigan, which I guess all hell would break loose if mm -hmm. they get into there. Their plan is to get us to eat this thing. <laughs> okay. It's an Asian carp. Food, I'm, I'm listening. Carp, not, yeah. carp generally not known as good eating. Now, I guess no. this is a different carp than... Trash fish, come on, let's be honest. The trash fish, right? Garb but garbage they are rechristening it. They have renamed it Kopi. C-O-P-I. Mm-hmm. Kopi. Does that change? Would you go to a nice restaurant and order a nice plate of Kopi? It sounds Kopi more exotic. I might have until I found out what Ryan's it Ryan's already sold immediately. He's like, yeah, Kopi sounds delicious. <laughs> As someone who is open to trying most things... That's going to be a no for me, dog. I'm good. Yeah. It okay. says this, this Asian carp is a top feeder full of healthful omega-3s. So okay. they're not bottom feeders. All right. So maybe, no, maybe so that is a big thing. Yeah. So there are actually some famous instances of fish being renamed and people being like, yes, I'm all in. Uh, if you've ever had orange ruffy, the original name of Orange Ruffy was Slimehead, which I actually kind of find that a little hard to believe that that was an official <laughs> name for a fish. Isn't that a beer? An IPA? <laughs> Sounds like a great IPA. <laughs> Chilean sea bass used to be called Patagonian toothfish. Now I'd probably eat Patagonian toothfish. Oh, yeah. Sea bass is great. Kick his ass toothfish. Doesn't sound <laughs> the same. Mahi <laughs> Mahi was also famously previously known as dolphin, dolphin fish. And yeah, yeah everyone, nice. everyone likes a good mahi mahi now. A little, yeah, but eating dolphin sounded wrong. Dolphin fish, sounded yeah, but I, the word dolphin is the problem they had. Yeah. People were like, Oh, you're eating dolphin, you're eating, oh flipper. yeah, so I just don't understand. <laughs> it's like, okay. Lawrence, this fish gets in the river, and all of a sudden, it's my problem to eliminate them by just eating them, yeah. <laughs> Well, and they've said in there it's not going to work. Now, you guys might not know this, but I'm actually a fisherman. I, I've loved fishing since I was a little kid. So I've caught like 25-pound carp by accident. And they have the sucker mouth, you know. And anytime you see a sucker mouth on a fish, 
just throw it back in or do whatever you want to do with it. You're not eating it. It's a garbage fish. This makes it sound like potentially it could be a better tasting fish because it's not a bottom feeder. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's going to ruin Lake Michigan if it gets in. Like, I don't, you haven't just seen those videos on YouTube? Like they fly over the people going, like it loves the noise of a motor on a boat. And so like it's pitting, hitting guys in the heads. Like you won't be paddle boarding <laughs> on Lake Michigan. Like they're jumping all over the place. It's going to oh, destroy wow. all of like all the great lakes if it gets in. So we've got to try something. My idea would be get our producer Steven on it and see if he can do like nine Kopi and nine innings <laughs> yeah. nine beers. At the Cubs tailgate, we're going to just have a right. bunch of Asian carp on the, on the ground. So they, Kopi, they've actually Kopi, started Kopi. up a website choosekopi.com to educate you about kopi and they have a faq what does yeah. the local fish taste like right kopi is a mildly flavored firm flaky freshwater wild caught fish its place is among the most popular white fish more savory than tilapia cleaner tasting than catfish now i like a good catfish well a tilapia is a garbage fish not. too by the way tilapia is really yeah. popular but it's a bottom feeder it's garbage yeah though. it's I just know. really cheap Really, I really like cool. catfish. I don't know. It's catfish are all right. Yeah. You, if you go to um, right across the street here, um, uh, Crossroads Grill, they've got a good catfish po' boy. They blacken it. Really? I like it. I, if they put a cap, a, a Kopi po' boy on there, I might might try it. Um, Kopi po' boy. Come on. So you can actually find <laughs> Kopi right now at Dirk's Fish in Lincoln Park, Calumet Fisheries, the, the great fish, uh, you know, seafood shack on the far south side there. Parachute restaurant in Avondale, which so I apparently oh, like parachutes. Like, parachutes, isn't that like a I Michelin restaurant? I believe there's a Michelin star attached to them. Okay, and uh, Ina Mae's Tavern in Wicker Park. Now, Axios Chicago. I actually like this part. They actually said they actually asked their readers to, like, instead of Kopi, what would you name this fish? And some of the suggestions <laughs> are actually funny. Um, Stephen T said Lori Lightfish. <laughs> <laughs> Mike G said Malortfish. Uh, Patricia oh, O said El Carpone. El Carpone. Go. Go. Like this you. one is like this that. one was my favorite. I laughed at this for a while. I don't know why. Carpin Peary Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Um Flamin' Hot Carpo. White Claw Carp. Boat Floppers. I'll drink that. Yeah. Chicken of the lake. <laughs> Chicken. Of, I see well, I, Steven on the chat said those fish don't stand a chance against him. Well, we'll put you to that. Challenge accepted. Kopi. What is it? Kopi? Kopi. C-O-P-I. So I guess we're going to have to like maybe get some, some of the stuff door dashed to us. I wonder how it like stands up to, uh, to a delivery service. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's door dash some Asian carp here. That would be <laughs> yeah. awesome. In, yeah. in 100 oh degree God. heat. See if yeah, uh, Grubhub will bring you some of that. What yeah, if that's going to be a no just, for me, dog. I'm with Cody on that one. What if McDonald's just like takes the Kopi and makes that like their fish fillet? I never tried one, but maybe, maybe they, they should partner with the city and try to help out. McCopi fillet. fillet. Kopi fillet. Yeah, yeah, man, you get that into the uh, the McDonald's distribution system. They get that down to zero percent. No, that's what seriously, it's right down the street. Let's go drop some Asian carp off at the global headquarters, and we'll just see what they come up with. Yeah, good honor. That, I mean, that would be a good way. People people will eat anything at McDonald's, man. Most people. <laughs> the ones that we don't get rid of will make them into NFTs. And <laughs> does, sure, that's yeah. how that works. Does Taco Bell have a fish taco yet? <laughs> taco Bell, fish taco. Man, would you rather oh, eat Kopi or a fish taco from Taco Bell? I think I'd go with Kopi. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, it just sounds like a bad idea. The fish is hideous. That's a tough question, man. Look at yeah. it. It's up, it looks like, is it swimming upside down there? Because the eye is like below the mouth. Yeah. CHGO Kopi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty hilarious looking fish. Mm-hmm. up. Bitch. Let's go. Lori Lightfish. All right. That was a good hour, guys. Thanks for joining me today. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again, Kevin. This was like the third or fourth time. I can't remember. Yeah, that was my first. But... That was your first? The CHO uh, debut? 
Oh yeah, yes it is. First time, awesome. first time, long time. And, and that's time. the that's the shirt you decided to wear on camera. Today. <laughs> yeah, right, that's a jersey, my friend. It's even worse. All right. Well, for everyone who joined us, uh, make sure you hit that like button before you, you go. Let, let's uh, get us up in the algorithm. Leave us a great review on your podcast providers. We could use that help there. And uh, yeah, and thanks, buy thanks the Cubs shirt. And Look at that beautiful the, shirt. Yes. Yeah. 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 Get that for Ryan. The, the phrase popularized by, by Luke Stuckmeyer. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? <laughs> hey, Chicago, what do you say? We stinks. Yeah, we stinks. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next hey, week. See you. Thank you. Actually, we, we won't be here next week. Oh. I'm on vacation next week. We'll oh. see you in two weeks. Well, maybe uh, maybe someone else will host your show. No, Catch we'll some Kopi on vacation. <laughs> let let me and Luke host the show. <laughs> Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.